Hello everyone and welcome along to the 30th episode of the Seals podcast. I'm your host Albert Davis and this is the home of your official Chester FC podcast. Doesn't matter how you're listening, the Seals podcast.buzzsprout.com, Apple, Spotify, your support is greatly appreciated. So let's get stuck into the April edition of the show. We kick off with the King. Blues top scorer Kurt Willoughby has 27 goals to his name so far this season, but his last appearance came back on Easter Monday, with his last touch of the ball being that stunner at Southport in the 2-1 win. We caught up with him to see how he is progressing after his injury and look ahead to the final game of the regular season. Kurt, I'm sure the first question most Chester or pretty much all Chester fans will have for you is how are you? Obviously, you missed the last couple of games. How, how are you feeling? How are you progressing? Yeah, I had a little injury on my foot. Um, it wasn't too bad. It just needed a bit of, bit of rest, to be honest. Um, obviously, we were playing a lot of games and, and whatever. It just sort of built up. But it's nothing serious. Just needed a bit of rest. And with us being, obviously, where we are in the league, it meant that I was able to rest without any sort of issues. So, um, no, I've been been uh, on the training pitch today so I'm uh, feeling good. Your uh, your last touch on the pitch wasn't too bad of a touch was it? Yeah no I was uh, I could feel my foot was uh, hurting up until that point um, I just thought it's it see what happens um, and as I did it sort of hurt me a little bit more doing it but now it's a good way to sort of go out. Obviously for you we, we, we I think we last spoke on the podcast in the summer and we were looking I'm sure strikers all have their individual targets to come into what is the last game of the normal season with the playoffs to come and have 27 under your belt you must be uh, thrilled to bits with that. Yeah no I remember that conversation we had I've surpassed sort of my target and then my target changed so um, all focus now is obviously getting promoted getting the club promoted uh, into the league above so that's my that's my next target and I'm fully focused on doing that and as are the team and and the staff so yeah that's our target now obviously yourself missed the last couple of games deck missed the last game kev roberts as well there's there's more names as well but to still be 21 unbeaten on the road winning at a place like catering it just shows the the strength and depth of the group doesn't it yeah definitely there's loads of good lads that uh miss out that are on the bench each week and even don't even get in the squad but i think that's what a successful team needs you know they've all been called upon at certain times whether it's injury or or shape or whatever and if you've got a good depth in team that's you know what you need to be successful and our lads have bought into it all you know when you're when you're not in the squad obviously you're disappointed but they sort of deal with that within themselves and train harder and and that's what you want to be successful and the place is always positive and it's a good place to be 46 out of 46 complete this weekend home game against Buxton it's really all about that keyword now at the minute going into the playoffs isn't it momentum yeah that's it I mean it's like we've said, we've said ourselves that playing Buxton in the form they're in is a good, you know, a good chance to challenge ourselves and a good chance to we might come up against teams like that. And if we can go and put a good performance on, get a win, it just gives us more confidence and puts a bit more fear into the other teams and puts us in good stead come the playoffs. Not just obviously a playoff play secure, but we know our fate in terms of a home game, a semi-final on the Sunday. All the players, yourself included, must be really looking forward to what will be a, a fantastic atmosphere and a great occasion. Yeah, that was it. Once we knew we were in the playoffs, our next game then was get a home fixture, which we've achieved. So having the fans behind us is honestly like having a 12th man out there. So we're uh, really, really relishing it and we can't wait to get going. 
So hopefully we'll see Kurt back on the field in due course. Next up, then, is the Blues boss. Callum McIntyre's side confirmed a third-place finish two weeks ago, and last weekend's victory at Kettering Town emphasised the strength and depth of the group. The 1-0 win meant the Blues had now amassed 48 points on the road this season. That's one more than the entirety gained last season, both home and away. Here he is, ahead of the Buxton fixture. Cal, looking ahead to this Saturday, the final game of the regular season against Buxton. We've been talking about that word momentum at the minute and a chance to build even more as you go ahead into the playoffs. Yeah, said it a lot for, for two or three weeks around momentum and how important it is for us and how we quantify that. It's not as simple as uh, go and win two games and it means you'll be better in the playoffs for winning those games. It's it's not. It's about focus and real focus on that playoff semi-final um, and using every day, every single day on the training ground, the two match day opportunities. Obviously, we've had a bounce game in there in between. Um a lot of really useful stuff and Saturday brings about another match day scenario, another match day situation uh, for us to perform. And that's probably the most important thing for me on Saturday. I will be disappointed. Uh, I've probably not said this for the opening 43 games, performance over result for me on Saturday. As much as a lot of the season, I've, I've said the opposite. The the result won't affect um, how we start the playoffs, but I think a performance might do so. Really, really clear on that. It's a perfect game because you've got a side who, for them, it is a playoff game. It's a knockout game. They're in the position that they should have been for most of the season, given resource-wise what they've got, regardless of whether they came from the division below. Um, some of the players they brought to the football club, really impressive. And over the last 20 games, they've had title-winning form. And it's quite right that they're in that playoff mix. So to be able to go up against opposition who are in their prime in terms of the season... Um, if you can perform in that game, it, it is a playoff-style scenario for us without the ending, the negative ending, if it doesn't go to plan. So really focused on the performance and, and what we want to look at ahead of that that playoff semi, obviously eight days later. So really looking forward to that. Glad it's not a damp squib. I think what goes with that is it, it can't be an end-of-season game and the the stadium needs to reflect that. I, I was fortunate to be at the last home game of the season last year and it was brilliant to see the way everyone was engaging, players, supporters, and there was, as much as it was a disappointing season, there was an, a nice, for want of a better word, feel. Don't want that. Want there to be an intensity, an edge, an energy. Don't want people on the pitch at full time. Want the players to be able to go round the pitch at full time and have that moment with the supporters to almost end the regular season, but the, the season's not over. We've got a, a playoff game and it, it gives the supporters the chance to almost send those lads off to the playoffs, even though it's a home game, uh, and so that they understand ringing in their ears exactly how important it is for the football club. So I think that's important and it's a big weekend, a big weekend because it's it's the last one before that, that playoff game that, look, we've worked 45 games up to this point, 46 after Saturday to get in those playoffs. We've done it, we've done it in style. We're not one of the the 13,000 teams that can get in the, the fourth to seventh places on Saturday to not be in that mix is a terrific achievement. To be closer to the, the top of the league than that playoff mix is, is really impressive and we want to make sure that we, we perform ahead of that, that playoff campaign. You've got to utilise 
the entirety of the squad, your impressive group throughout the season. And it showed last Saturday, didn't it? Obviously, um, I think in the away end, as the pictures would show, there was a, some five-a-side team in there. Um, but the group that you were able to put out won the game at Kettering and there were some impressive performances. How are you looking ahead of this weekend, particularly with some of those players that we didn't see involved? I think I go back to it and I think every question you might ask me today, I'll give you the same answer around momentum and moving forwards and wanting to be in the best possible place. And there's loads of different aspects to that physically, uh, mentally, tactically, we want to look sharp, we want to look ready, we want to make sure we've got clarity around our focus and what we're trying to do, but not in five or six players, not in 10 or 11 players in the whole group. So what we've been able to do since the Farsley game is make changes. I think people think it's about resting players and maybe there is in, in one or two cases players that in different circumstances you wouldn't have been able to, but it's the right thing to do to rest them physically but it's more about bringing the group up to speed. I was really, really pleased at Kettering with the back four who I criticised the week before. I did, I was disappointed with the manner of the goals against Farsley. Delighted with their work during the week um, to get us that clean sheet at Kettering. But then again, a lot of changes, different role for Elliot Whitehouse in midfield. Murray, Lynch, Kelly Namai coming into that midfield role. Thought they acquitted themselves really well at a difficult place. Cole Hall back in the 11 and then to use Duds and Daz particularly off the bench. Um, we've got to be really, really pleased. But we have got a strong group and I've said that throughout the season. We've had to have a strong group and that's probably the thing I reflect on the season with most pride. Yes, is a brilliant away record. Yes, third in the league. 81 points. A point on Saturday will mean the second 23 games mirrored a point return in the first 23 games. We haven't relied on a run. We're not a team that came out the blocks ridiculously well. If anything... Our start, if we'd have started better, it might have been an even better season. Maybe not. Um, but we've been consistent over the course of them games and that's that's really, really pleasing. So to be able to do that and have the whole group in that place puts us in a really strong position because we will have a team on a pitch in the playoffs. We'll have to have a strong bench, but I've, I've said it to you many a time, we'll, we'll only be as good as the, the lads in the stand. We've had a strong group, real togetherness, real unity, and you felt that around the club. But the... The opportunity in front of us is enormous, not one that I, we, anyone sniffs at. We know what it means to everyone. Um, and I'm really pleased about how we've used this period of time up to now. We've got to make sure we use this last match day opportunity on Saturday and then a final week's training to, to show the best version of ourselves on the 7th of May. As you say right now, a lot of that focus is on the game on Saturday against Buxton. But of course, the, the, the staff, the players, everybody must see sort of the, the response to the playoff tickets going on sale this week. There's so much positivity and sort of knowing your fate in a sense, you've, you've got a game at the Diva here, a bank holiday weekend, a Sunday afternoon. Everyone must be really excited and, and relishing the occasion. Yeah, I think the message I've been trying to get through is I know that in the regular season, probably haven't improved the team's uh, home results than what they've been certainly last season. Uh, I know we had a brilliant home record two seasons before. Um, home form's been okay. But this isn't the regular season. These are one-off games. No one is going to want to come here. No one. No one at all with the crowd. And I feel it around the city. I've spent a lot of time in the city and I stop and, and people talk and everyone knows there's a playoff game. Everyone knows that people tell me, oh, we're, we're flying. Uh, that's the phrase. It's a very sort of Sestrian quote for doing well. Um, and enjoying that and looking forward to the buzz, for me, um, tried to take all the emotion out of it all season. Probably only, like I've said, at 10 to 3 at Alfreton, where you go, wow, this is Chester Football Club and I'm the manager and we're about to go on a journey. 
does mean a hell of a lot and to have the opportunity to be two games away from getting a football club back into the National League yeah I know what that means but I can't talk about it because you have to park the the emotive side of it and and that bit because all season you've wanted to be judged as the football manager not based on your postcode and that that's important that you remove that but yeah of course it does and what you've seen this year is the players are the same and it means an incredible lot to them they've been so so committed but for us to have had that season where we're third place with that buzz I just feel like a home playoff semi-final is, is perfect. It's the perfect situation. We're going to play sides that haven't beaten us, haven't beaten us here, haven't beaten us at their own ground. My frustration here is draws in home games, not getting beat. I'm not walking down that tunnel going, wow, we've lost again. We've lost to another top side. It's fine margins. If we're really honest, when chips have been down over 90-minute games, the fine margins in the big games have gone our way. We've gone to Scarborough and won a point at Fylde, won at Kings Lane, won at Darlington. You look at those teams and those games. When teams have come here, we've been hard to beat in and around those playoff teams. By the way, even without being at our best, if it is an Alfreton that come here, one of our worst performances of the season, we find a way to get something out of the game. If it's a Brackley that come here that we won early in the season, if it's Scarborough, one of the best 45-minute showings of the season, is it going to be Chorley, who we kept a clean sheet against? Is it going to be Gloucester? Is it going to be Kidderminster that haven't scored against us? We're ready. We're ready. We've done all the prep, all the work. I, I said to you when I got the job nearly 12 months ago, um, it's 12 months ago, two days for the playoff final, something like that, um, around guarantees and promises. Never ever come out and tried to over promise and under deliver. Been really, really clear of this is what we'll guarantee. A Chester team that for 45 games plus cup games and 46 including Saturday and then a playoff game have absolutely done everything they can in terms of commitment, application, effort, the, the bare minimums, the non-negotiables, the stuff we demand for the football club. They'll go out there and give it their absolute all. And we are two 90 minutes away from, from being on our way to the National League. I, I understand what it means to the supporters. I can guarantee you the players understand what it means to the supporters and I tell you what now it means the same to them but now's the time nothing that has gone before matters home, away, cups, leagues, nothing it is two games it is 90 minutes here 90 minutes wherever it might be after that to get back to where it hurts us coming from and hurt and for us that were at the football club during that period of relegation I understand that I saw it first and I saw that in the supporters why not this group can do it they want to do it I can't guarantee it. I can't promise it. That's football. That's the reality. That is the reality of football. But I tell you what, we'll give it everything we've got, like the group have done all season. And the only way we're going to do it is do it together the way we have. And why not? It'd be a very, very Chester thing to do to, to put some performance on in front of that big crowd. So a big thanks to Kurt and Callum. And now for something a bit different to end the show. Saturday is Academy Day down at the Diva, where the club recognised the achievements of our youth section across the campaign. So earlier in the week, I spoke to under-10s coach Michael Foster about the progress of the junior section, and he also was able to give us a bit of insight into the Chester FC women's teams, who he's involved with as well. They've made fantastic strides in equal measure across the recent months. Here he is on the Seals podcast. So, Mike, tell us a little bit about your role within the academy, obviously, as an under-10s coach, sort of how it first started for you and, and really why you got involved with the club as well. Yeah, so it, it sort of began 
I think it's just after the year after COVID where everything came unlocked again. Um, basically, the plan was for during the COVID time for me to move back up into the area because I lived uh, down south in Gloucestershire, Gloucestershire at the time. The club I was at with before was Cheltenham Town Development. Uh, I was basically coaching throughout the under-9s through the under-12s. Uh, and I felt for me, it was the time for me to move up back into the area which I kind of grew up in. Basically got in touch with a couple of clubs, Chester included, and I was kind of waiting for Chester in some respects because uh, I thought I lived in the area. It was convenient for me, but um, obviously I had to find a club for me to to pursue what I want to do. And then I got in, well, Carl got in touch with me, which was really good. We had a quick about like 10, 20 minute meeting uh, and he kind of really sold to me what objectives were for, for the club, uh, for the youth section. So it really kind of really sold me to really join the club. Going through details, it, it just seemed the right fit for me to, to join at the club at the time. It's a really interesting one. Obviously, I know that um, there's a lot of volunteers that, that work within the club and obviously your role within the academy is voluntary as well. And and I think it's sort of the, the love of the club, but it's it's obviously a fascinating story as well for supporters to hear about your p- position more sort of sold on, on, on the progression, which is... Something obviously that, that we'll talk about. Obviously, within the last eighteen months, there's been a lot of um, a lot of progression in terms of the junior section. Um, have the benefits sort of been clear over that time? Obviously, the dual age groups, the opposition, the opening of the hub as well, must be re- really beneficial for the junior section. Oh, absolutely! I totally hundred percent agree. Uh, having the dual age group, which kind of really interested me as well, when Carl mentioned it at the time, players will progress on to other coaches as they get older. At the time, obviously, when I joined uh, the under tens, obviously the older group in my lot, obviously, then moved on to, to the next season. So I only got a year essentially out of them. Where this season, uh, the older group, obviously, I'm getting two years out of them, so you can be able to coach them a bit more and that sort of thing. Uh, but in terms of the benefits of that, it's, it's yeah, I think it's really great to have a dual age group where you do get that time more with certain players, um, but also just to build that around as well in terms of recruitment and that sort of thing uh the opposition uh i'd say for me for us lot this season at the under 10s you know i would say some have been really competitive which which we want as as a club because i feel it's important not just as players to play against good opposition but i think as myself personally as a coach because i don't want to face teams and you know we beat them ridiculously and not get much out of it as much as it's a confidence boost for players, it's it's important for me as a coach where I can say, you know what, that team was probably a bit too easy for us, which is fine. You know, it's, it's probably a confidence boost. But where I'd say this season in particular, uh, a recent game we had against Manchester United. Funny enough, we had them last season with the under-10s and totally different ball game. Man United being as they are, you know, they they just outplayed us every time. But it was a big learning curve. So I kind of said to myself, next time we do face United with the similar group we had, you know, it was going to be a little bit more competitive. Hopefully give them a bit of run of their money. And I remember saying to the players, you know, recently when we faced them was, I'm proud of this team because not only were we so competitive against United, you know, they they gave us a good test as well, which was a testament to our group as well. And, you know, me and my fellow coaches were absolutely proud of the players. And even the parents were as well, you know, they were singing praises on how well we played. In terms of the game itself, I would say it was pretty even, but they, they had 
you know, being Man United as they are, they had two or three players that just, wow, unbelievable. But again, you know, it's it's facing teams like that. It's it's a massive benefit. And playing against players like that can only be good for us in return. And of course, the opening of the uh, King George Hub as well, uh, obviously our new home now where we train, uh, I can't fault it. It's a really good facility to have. Uh, we've got obviously bigger space to work with as well, which is which is pleasing for us as well. Um, but the player, yeah, the players absolutely love coming to King George all the time. You know, get to you know witness as well. Obviously, the first team training on there, not just the first team as well. Other obviously other teams as well compete on there. So it's it's a really benefit thing to have to have this hub where it's a lot more close proximity and in Chester itself. So it's it's a really it's a really good training facility to have. Obviously, Saturday is um, the final game of the season for the first team, but it's also Academy Day um, at the Diva. You know, always been a club that have been um, proud of our youth section and you must be really looking forward to that, especially, you know, it, it's a, it's an exciting time on the field in terms of the first team. So we're hoping for a big crowd and the chance to sort of, to for the players to to get that reception around the pitch at half-time must be um, something you're, you and your group are really looking forward to. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I, I, you know, it's it's because we do have a few, uh, sorry, a couple of Chester fans in the team, and and you know, sometimes I tell the team, you know, you should be inspired because the first team trained on King George's, and you know, it'd be the same on Saturday where you know we get to watch the team play, and it would literally be the same message. You know, they should be inspired by how well Chester's done as a football club. Um, I think everything going about it at the moment is such a feel-good factor at the club. And, you know, it, it's getting people in the right spirit of things. And, yeah, I, I think you can't really sort of praise enough how well Chester have done and also inspired, you know, other players in that, in, in L, you know, just not just with our under-10s group, but with the 12s and 14s as well. And but I think speaking to, because we had training tonight, we, we spoke to a couple of them, you know, they were really sort of excited and looking forward to the game on Saturday. So it's it's really important. And, and then, you know, they feel like they're part of the club as well, which is really good to, a key thing to have as well. A few of them would, would probably talk about the players, the likes of Ollie Haywood, Harrison Burke, Yuan Murray, are all regulars now in the first team. That must be really exciting for those lads, but also for for staff like yourself, volunteers like yourself, whose yeah. your goal is to sort of to at the early stage of progression of these lads who could be the next Haywood, Burke, Murray. It must be really exciting. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I you know, previous groups I've coached at that kind of under ten level. And, you know, I've been coaching now for seven, eight plus years, and I cannot tell you how good this under 10 team is at the moment. Um, and it's probably the strongest I've ever witnessed as well. I mean, not just the 10s, you know, I, I've, I've done bits with uh, the under 12s as well, and, and I've watched under 14s and, and coached a bit of them sometimes as well um, when I can. Uh, and they're all strong groups, but with, with, with the under 10s at the moment, it's... I can't tell you how exciting of a group that is. And not just with the older group in that, it's the the ones we recruited um over the the, the season. You know, there's some really good, technically good players coming through as well, which again is exciting. And we get another year of them as well, which which is exciting to see. So hopefully within the next, you know, hopefully few years, 10 years, you know, we'll start to see the likes of these players coming through. And that excites me more as, as a coach, you know, it, it's when, when I look at these players, I think to myself, you know, I want these players to be every single one of them to be in that starting 11 on a Saturday. 
but yeah, it's I just can't tell you at the moment how how good this this team is at the moment the under tens. But it's not just in terms of you know not just their technical ability as well. I don't want to like to sort of pinpoint to that. It's it's more in case of like you know their game intelligence, you know the physical stuff, the speed, agility as well. So when it comes to recruitment, you know we're not just looking at one specific thing. We're looking at a multitude of things as well, and and I think that's a key thing. You know you want a more all-rounded player rather than just somebody who can be good with the ball all the time. You know, it's got to be different variations of of what they can do as well. As we talked about there, it's a really exciting time for the academy. Benefit of having someone like yourself on on the podcast, though, you've obviously got a foot in the in the women's setup as well, and, and that's making huge strides, isn't it? Obviously, you've um, done your coaching within the dev squad. We've seen this week um, across social media about the under-18s winning their first league title. It's it's a really exciting time for the women's setup as well, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Uh, first off, I'd like to say congratulations to the under-18s. Um, Marvellous effort. Um, obviously, we got a couple of them uh, coaching with us with the dev squad at the moment. And uh, seeing them firsthand, you know, there, there's some good good girls coming through as well, which is really pleasing to see. Also, I know just started there recently. Um, as you probably may have pointed out, it's it was an opportunity given me to be by Calvin. Uh, I don't know whether any listeners will know Calvin who he is, but um, you know, first of all, I can't praise Calvin enough for giving me a chance with coaching, you know, his development side, uh, which I've done one already, which that was a good experience itself. Obviously, he he's given me stuff already in terms of they had a game recently, and he's given me stuff to analyze that, which is again another thing on top to do as well. But it, it's it's good for me to get involved with stuff like that, uh, especially through my experiences. It's always been through the youth stuff. So for me to progress through under eights, tens, twelves, to then older older girls, essentially, it's it's a big challenge. But I kind of took that challenge head on in the way when Calvin gave me the opportunity. Um, but I also do the um, Chester ETC as well for, for them as well. So. At the moment, I'm constantly doing coaching for Chester, which is quite a bit. But yeah, I, I think there's there's some really exciting times with the, the girls set up as well, which is really good to see. Fantastic. Well, obviously, as we've discussed there, it's been really insightful, really enjoyed this. Um, talk about the academy, talk about the women's, a really exciting time. And obviously supporters that are coming to the game on the final day of the season, academy day, there'll be bucket collections. I believe there's also a raffle as well. There's yeah. lots going on, so... Um, if you can support the academy, then it will be much appreciated. And that is that for today's show. 30 episodes down, where does the time go? Thank you for tuning in, not just today, but across the past two years or so. And here's to the next 30. Hopefully we've got cause to celebrate next month on episode 31 coming at the end of May. See you then. Bye for now. Bye.